Welcome to an episode of Love Me, the podcast. I am your host, Hannah Tittle, and this is my self-love journey. I believe that loving yourself should be easy. It should be second nature, but I know firsthand that it isn't. Together on this podcast, or better yet, on this journey, we will be learning about what self-love really means, what it means to different women of different ages and in different stages in their lives, and we will be learning what we can do to make it easy, to make it so that it is second nature. Each episode, I will be having conversations with badass women, with coaches, gurus, and mentors, and together with their help, we can learn how and what we can do to make loving ourselves effortless, and best of all, to make it so that we truly, authentically love ourselves. Hello world, or more accurately, hi mom, since you're probably the only person that's ever going to listen to this. For the sake of optimism though, in case this reaches even one stranger set of ears, hi, hello, and welcome. This is episode one of Love Me, the podcast. This is a self-love podcast. Actually, no. This is a self-love journey. My self-love journey. Being recorded in podcast form. I'm here to learn and explore what self-love really means, what it means to me personally, what it means to the women in my life, and to women around the world, and even more than understanding what it means, I want to learn how to achieve it, to achieve a place of unconditional love for myself, and I of course want you to be able to do the same. Now you're probably asking yourself, who are you to teach me about love, about self-love, or about anything really? As I mentioned earlier, my name is Hannah, and I'm not here to teach you anything. I'm here to learn alongside of you. I'm not an expert of any kind, not a coach or an influencer. I don't have thousands of followers on Instagram, nor am I an aspiring yogi or guru. I'm just me. I'm your average girl. I'm 26 years old. I live in beautiful Vancouver, Canada. I'm a Virgo. I'm an aspiring writer, a daughter, a sister, a friend a lover of music, sunshine, and vacations. I overthink everything. I cry a ridiculous amount. I'm very sarcastic. And I'm a hopeless romantic. Given that this is the first episode, I'd like to give you guys a little glimpse into my past. I want you to understand who I am and to acknowledge the million little things that led me right here, to this journey, and to this podcast. Don't worry. I won't go all the way back to that beautiful day in September of 92 when I graced the world with my presence. I'll try and keep this brief. I had an amazing childhood. I grew up in a beautiful little suburb of Vancouver where all the neighbors were best friends and we frequently had barbecues and sleepovers between the kids. My family and I are very close. Sure, we fought all the time growing up, but we never went to bed without saying I love you and my parents never once made me doubt that I could do absolutely anything I wanted to in life so long as I was happy. I went to a small high school where everyone knew each other. I always had a good group of friends, and I was pretty social, but I was also very insecure. I always felt like I wasn't enough, and I was very shy around people I didn't know. So I often felt like I was just sort of in the background of life. In grade 12, I somehow made my way into the popular circle and I grew more confident. I was learning more about who I was and who I wanted to be as I continued to get older. But I was still really shy. So much so that at 18, 
I had never been kissed. Cue the Josie Grossy jokes. After high school at 18, I finally acknowledged that I was lost. I wasn't sure who I was. I was sick of being shy and afraid of life, and I wanted to experience adventure. So instead of going to university, I got on a plane to travel Australia for four months. That four months turned into an entire year. The most influential, life-changing, and of course, the most fun year of my life. I promised myself that I would take this adventure head-on. I would let people know exactly who I was, and I would no longer be shy or lost. Now, I could go on and on about this year, but that would take hours, and it's not what you guys signed up for, so I'll just say this. Within a week of arriving in Sydney, I had found the confidence and the zest for life that I had so desperately wanted to find. I'd become my own person. I found confidence in my body, my sense of humor, in my brains, and in the bravery it took to do such a big move at such a young age. Within weeks, I had gone from being the shy girl who never spoke to boys to being the only girl in a dorm room with five English guys. By choice. It was a year I experienced many firsts. I explored, I learned, I cried, I laughed a ridiculous amount, I danced every day, I drank a little too much, and I became the exact person I always dreamed of becoming. I was happy, confident, and felt loved like never before. I spent the entire year with my favorite people around me every single day. It was a constant good time. It was a fairy tale. But unfortunately, it had to come to an end one day. I returned home in January of 2012 to a new home. My parents had moved while I was away. I was further away from my high school friends. I was in new surroundings, and I was away from the new friends and a life that I'd come to love. Worst of all, I was faced with the question of what to do next. Being just 19 years old, I had the world in front of me, and that was incredibly overwhelming. Loneliness and depression set in quickly and deeply. To be quite honest, January of 2012 to last summer is a blur. It was many months of feeling numb, followed by a few weeks where I'd feel joy again. It was a constant roller coaster of emotions. I moved to England to try to escape it, but it followed me. I pushed away a lot of people because I never wanted to do anything. But I also learned who it was I valued most in my life. I gained nearly 100 pounds, which, on top of my depression, added a constant struggle of identity. I didn't recognize myself, and worst of all, I hated who I saw staring back. There were weeks and even months where I felt good enough to think that I'd beaten depression. But I was wrong. The darkness and the loneliness would find me again. Then one day in October of last year, I had a conversation with my counselor and everything changed. We've spent the last two years having conversations nearly every single week, and in that time, we discussed many different strategies for me to beat depression, or for me to find joy again, or, or heal, or, or, or grow and expand and, and come back to happiness. I personally don't like the term get better when it comes to mental illness because I don't believe it's something you can just get over, but I digress. On this afternoon last year, I was just so fed up. I was fed up with feeling sad and crying all the time, and I was terrified because I was wasting my 20s. 
I knew that if I didn't make a change now, I would lose my light and I would never shine again. Because with every day that I suffered and felt all this pain, I forgot that perfect person who I'd found in myself in Australia. And by perfect person, I mean the perfect version of myself that I so desperately wanted to be. And it made me so, so sad to realize that my parents never knew who that person was because I wasn't here when I was living my life that way. I was, a, I was super far away. And when I returned, I was sort of just a sad shell of a girl. And for the last seven years, that's all they knew. And there's a lot of people in my life who that that was the only version of me that they knew. And that made me incredibly sad. But it was also enough fuel in my fire to realize that I needed to change. I wanted people to see the old me, that light. And I wanted to shine so big for all the people that I was yet to meet in my life. So I approached her that afternoon with a lot of gumption and the desire to make big changes. With her help, I decided I would start staring my depression, my emotions, and my feelings in the face. I would acknowledge them and lean into them instead of running away from them and fighting them, which is exactly what I'd been failing to do for the last six years. It was terrifying. But when I would feel sad, I would let myself really feel it. Then I would ask myself, do I want to feel this way? I already knew the answer as to why I felt this way. That was never the question. But the question now, the question that I would ask myself a hundred times in the future, is do I want to feel this way? If yes, then I would own it. I would cry. I would let myself stay in my room all night. And I wouldn't feel ashamed about it because I chose to feel this way. But as you can imagine, given this was such a long road, I barely ever wanted to feel that way. So instead, I wouldn't let myself. I would acknowledge the feeling, ask myself that question, and whenever the answer was no, I would do just about anything to bring joy back into my day or into that moment. I would put on my favorite song and dance it out. I would text a friend or cuddle my dog. I'd go shopping. I'd hang out with my parents. Whatever it was that felt good in that moment. And before I knew it, I had control over my depression. And because I was spending so much more time bringing light and life and joy into my day, I had no more room for sadness or loneliness. Now, it's really, really important for me to say that while this was a very quick shift for me when I finally changed my perspective and made this big change, it was years of counseling and crying and honest conversations with myself and with my parents and crying and constant support from my family, and crying, and journaling, and changing my job, and crying, and changing my living environment, and you guessed it, crying some more, and even saying goodbye to some friends that no longer serve me, before I ever got to a point where I was able to appreciate this new mindset or perspective. So please don't think that this is going to be an overnight solution, because while I would hope that it is for you, if this might resonate with you, it, it, it's a very long road. But here we are. It's been nine months since that afternoon, and I am the happiest I have ever been. I'm happier than I was in Australia because I'm living my actual life, and not just a fairy tale year abroad that I know is going to end one day. I love my job, my friends, my living arrangement, and my city. I look back on all the incredible things I've done in this life at the young age of 26, 
and I feel nothing but immense gratitude. I did a two-month road trip up the east coast of Australia with 12 of my favorite humans. I've witnessed the most beautiful sunsets on the islands of Thailand. I've climbed the Eiffel Tower and walked the Great Wall of China. I've driven the Pacific Coast Highway, walked from village to village in Cinque Terre, stood in Times Square, visited the cafe where J.K. Rowling wrote Harry Potter, I've hugged Mickey Mouse at both Disneyland and Disney World. I've lived in three continents and have friends who are more like family around the world. I have an incredible relationship with my parents that I value so much. I have wonderful soul sisters in my life. I've landed a job that I am completely underqualified for and somehow managed to grow and learn enough to consistently take on more responsibility. And I won my battle against depression. And all before my 27th birthday. Not bad, hey? But there's one thing that's missing. I've never been in love. And when I really let myself be honest, I know the reason why that is, is because I don't, nor have I ever been able to truthfully say I love myself. I know that I'm a good person, I have great qualities, and I'm deserving of love. But am I enough to be loved? Am I pretty enough, smart enough, funny enough, special enough to have someone love me? When I ask myself that question, my heart says no. And that makes me really sad because if I don't love myself enough to believe that and to be my own cheerleader or my own biggest fan, then no one else will want to. I mean, RuPaul says it best. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Okay, great. So, here we are today. I'm happy, but I've discovered something's missing. I figured out that missing piece is that I don't really love myself. So, where do I go from there? Now, I myself love self-help books and positive Instagram pages. I've joined many Facebook groups, from groups for entrepreneurial women to groups about manifestation and groups about relationships and love. But I found that when I'm immersing myself in this sort of positive, self-love, self-care world, that I'm met with a lot of contradictions. For example, someone will say to leave your 9-to-5 job right now and follow your dreams, and the rest will sort itself out. While others will tell you not to do such a thing until you have a huge savings and a safety net. Some people suggest that morning routines will change your life, while others praise evening routines. I've read that when it comes to the law of attraction, scripting, vision boards, journaling, and visual meditations are each the best tool, which of course makes no sense because they can't each be the best. The one that gets me the most, though, is that we're told to live in the now and focus on every single day and the present. But we're also told to never forget our future goals and to ensure that we're always hustling before the end game. So, um, which is it? It's very overwhelming and contradictory. Well, for me anyway. And I need answers. I need to declutter all these topics and figure out exactly what tools and habits and lifestyle changes I can make that will most benefit me on my self-love journey. And I hope in doing so, I can help you discover what will work best for you. Now, I could take this journey alone, 
And I'll admit, I'm being selfish in the sense that I get to use this podcast to keep me accountable. But I also know that I'm not the only one out there feeling this way. So maybe I can be the voice that asks the questions that we've all wanted to ask, or be the one to help simplify a routine that works for you. So, I figure, why don't we take this ride together and learn all we can about being better versions of ourselves? Being better partners? Better yet, being better humans? So that we can meet people and make more special connections? So that we can be happier and healthier and more courageous? Shouldn't this be a priority for everyone? To love themselves? Because, in the end, isn't that what life is all about? Love? I think so, anyway. So all of this has led me here, to this journey, to this passion project, to this podcast, to this moment, to the desire to learn and grow and to finally get to a place where I can wholeheartedly, honestly, without hesitation, say that I love myself. So if any of what I've said resonates with you, please follow along on this journey. I promise to be as honest as I can about my experiences while helping to bring light to all the questions around both self-love and dating and relationships and just life in general, really. Let's become happier, healthier, more self-loved humans. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more or to reach out, you can find us on Instagram at lovemepodcast or visit our website, lovemepodcast.com. If you like what you heard in today's episode, please take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcast, or you can subscribe from whichever streaming service you're listening from. New episodes are available every other Monday. Until then, I'll leave you with the wise words from the mother of all badasses, Jen Sincero. Love yourself while you've still got the chance.